morning and welcome to my little house of prayer. Glad you could join me. Today's subject is don't look at the mountain. I have a testimony to share with you today. I have a friend who has a plantation home. The property covers a whole block. The Lord has truly blessed him. Anyway, he has a lot of trees on his property and in the fall, a lot of tree leaves to rake. So this one year, he decided to have a rake leaves party. He invited anyone who had a rake and wanted to help. And I was one of them. So everyone took a piece of the yard to rake. Keep in mind, this property covered a whole block. <laughs> I was raking along and praying. While I was praying, the Holy Spirit led me into warfare. Well, as the warfare became intense, so did my raking. But I wasn't aware. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was finished making my piles of leaves, and I felt eyes on me. <laughs> Why are you all standing there looking at me like that, I asked. Their reply was, what happened to you? You pushed us all out of the way as you were raking. Then I began to explain what took place in the spirit realm for me. When I began to rake, I looked at the yard, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Don't look at the mountain. It is designed to wear you out. Just start raking piles. I was in the spirit realm at that moment. It got intense, and I became righteously indignant. I apologized for pushing people out of my way, but we all had a good giggle about it. Because of the intensity and not concentrating on how much I was getting done, I had raked half a block. <laughs> That's some raking. <laughs> With that in mind, let's look at the Israelites coming out of Egypt. Numbers 1433 says, And your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years, and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. After 34, after the number of days in which ye search the land, even forty days, each day for a year, shall, shall ye bear your iniquities, even forty years, and you shall know my breach of promise. What was supposed to be a 40-day journey now took 40 years. Why? Because they were looking at their mountain. They were concentrating on the things of Egypt they had left behind. Let me say this. If you have decided to follow Jesus, then you are to take up your cross, walk one step at a time with him. Your life is no longer your own. Quit looking back. There's nothing back there you need to go back for. You are called to go forward, not backward. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't serve God and mammon, the things of this world. They had a whole lot of murmuring and complaining. If you are murmuring and complaining about the changes the Lord wants to make in your life, you are in sin, and it is just another sin to repent of. You know, it's okay to, the, to go to the Lord and tell him about the sin you don't want to give up.
Watch this. Isaiah 1, 18 through 20. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. They wanted the freedom of the Lord, but they didn't want to leave the things of Egypt behind. What don't you want to leave behind? Let it go. It is only a hindrance to what the Lord has in store for you, which is much greater. Because of their refusal to leave the things of Egypt, he let their own sins destroy them. If they had only quit looking at the mountain, quit seeing the trees instead of the forest, quit distrusting the Lord to take them to a truer place of freedom, sin cannot dwell in the presence of the Lord. We must allow him to remove it from our hearts. We must learn to trust him. Trust him to take us to a place where we worship him and him alone, a place of his glory falling on us. That was the whole point of the deliverance from Egypt. So they could go to the Mount of God and worship him. We are constantly called higher. Our Father in heaven wants to bless us, not once, but regularly, on a regular basis. The word this week for God's people is this. My children, I love you. You are my children. You are children of the Most High, children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I own the cattle of a thousand hills, and I am calling you to step out and trust me. Revelation 3.8 says, I know thy works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. You are mine. I want you to get in your place now. You are a king's kid. I want you to dress and act as such. This is your time of preparation for what is about to take place. Why? Because you will be training those who come in to also be a king's kid. You are going to need each other more and more. Remember my words? To whom much is given, much is required. If you wait for revival, it will be too late. Get ready and in your places now. How, you ask? By having a constant anticipation that this will be the hour, this will be the day, this will be the time I have called you all to go out into the highways and byways. If all you want to do is just check going to church off your list, be forewarned. I will also check you off my Lamb's Book of Life. Matthew seven seventeen through 21 Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven.
The Lord is about souls, especially each and every one of ours. He loves us and does not want to lose anyone. He will always leave the 99 to chase down the one. Why? To bring that soul back to the flock. Now back to the subject of don't look at the mountain. I saw what the Lord was teaching me in that experience. I've carried it with me in so many other experiences, house cleaning, laundry, etc. He taught me that when he is trying to take me somewhere, the enemy wants my attention off of the Lord and onto the circumstance itself. Let's look at Matthew 14, 22-33. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus said unto them, Walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come out, come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately... Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. This is my favorite passage, poor Peter always being made an example in new situations, an example of being a babe in Christ at each new situation. He wanted Peter to learn complete, to completely trust in him who commanded the waves, to learn to walk on the waters of his name. How powerful is this? That is what he wants for all of his children. After they had gotten on the ship, wait, did you see that? In verse 31, what did Jesus do? Jesus stretched out his hand and did what? Caught him. When you catch something, you have a firm grasp on it. Jesus carried Peter back to the boat. Did he remove the wind and waves? No. Not till they entered the ship. Why? He wanted Peter to know he could put all of his faith in the one who carried him. That if the Lord calls us to walk on the waters of his name, he will definitely be there to catch us, to carry us all the way to shore. He is our firm foundation to walk on. Look at Psalms 91, 9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. 
There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Then let's look at Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Like I've said before, in today's society, we're taught we can't trust authority. I can testify to this. My father, who was completely lost at the time, no relationship with the Lord whatsoever, stole some money from me. I was a child at the time, about six years old, about. When I found out, I was saddened by it. How could he do that to me? I was his daughter. He was supposed to love me. Love doesn't steal. I asked him why. He then smirked like a Cheshire cat and replied, so you will learn that not even your parents can be trusted. I was in complete shock. I couldn't believe he had done this to me. It hurt to hear him say that neither he nor my mama loved me enough to not steal from me. That in that moment, they didn't love me. But the Lord says we can trust his love for us. He will not drop us or steal from us. Storms will come, that is a given. Sometimes he silences the storm, but sometimes he chooses not to. No matter what, we are to trust his divine headship, that he is faithful and true. Did you know that he has 12 governmental names? He tells us what they are when he visits Moses on the mountain in Exodus. They are Lord, God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness, abundant in truth. Preserver of bountifulness, forgiver of iniquity, forgiver of transgression, forgiver of sin, just judge. Did you get all that? Every one of his 12 governmental names says he can be trusted. Luke 11, 1 through 11. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. 
For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? How do you like this? It comes back to the ministry of my little house of prayer to teach people about prayer, how to pray. That prayer is merely having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, his Father, and his Holy Spirit. I told you I just wanted to share the lessons that I've learned along the way in my walk with him. He wants to teach all of his children how to pray. Why? Because he wants a real relationship with each and every one of us. He wants a conversation with each and every one of us. How did I get the title, My Little House of Prayer? He gave it to me. How? Through a visiting minister who came to see what the Lord had done so far in my life. As she walked through my home, she kept saying, I can feel his anointing in this place. This house is drenched in prayer. That just blessed my socks off. Then as she was leaving the property, the Holy Spirit stopped her dead in her tracks. And she began to prophesy. The Lord is calling it his little house of prayer. He wants you to make a sign and put it on the outside of your house. People are going to want to come to you to learn how to pray. Well, that was my vision already. The day the house arrived, since I was saved, I asked the Lord for an upper room for prayer. When I walked in, he said, look up, take your pick. I had two upper rooms. I squealed with the delight, and that is when I caught the vision of my little house of prayer. I know you're thinking, thought this was about not looking at the mountain. It is. Not looking at the mountain has paved the road to this point in time. Salvation is a walk of one step at a time one day at a time, one choice at a time. Isn't this beautiful? That's where the Lord wants to take us. That is how we will enter the kingdom of heaven, one repentance at a time, one prayer at a time. If he delivered us of all of our sins at once, there would be no relationship, and it would utterly destroy you. He knows what we can handle, how much or how little. He cares for each and every one of us and wants us to make heaven our home more than we do. If you have not received Christ as your Savior, pray the prayer of salvation with me. Now repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank you so much for joining me today. I want to welcome you to the kingdom. So excited that you made the greatest decision in your life. I am here to pray with you and for you. So feel free to leave a comment at the bottom of my page. I've left a link to email me to support 
financially my little house of prayer ministry and to su subscribe on this page. Would be so glad to hear from you and thank you so much in advance for all of your support. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'm praying you have a blessed week. Until we meet again next Sunday at this time, bye for now.